Welcome to Highland Park Christian Church. I'm Matt and I'm on staff. And I just wanna welcome you to our time of worship and growing that we've got here online. If you wanna chat, please feel free to do so in the chat below. If you need prayer, there's a live button that you can click for that. If you're watching this later, then uh, there's links and ways that you can contact us for a prayer. We wanna be praying for you and with you so let us know what's going on in your life. Before we get started, one of the things that I wanna let you know about is camp. Sunset Bible Camp is one of our partners and it's the camp that we've been partnered with for 40 years. And uh, this year, because of COVID, the camp went to an online experience. Now, I know what you're thinking, online's not everything. However, I know that you're watching this right now. There is a place for some online. And beyond that, it's gonna be really cool. One of the things that we can't normally do with camp is have seven or eight different people from all across the US participate in teaching and growing our, our students at camp. But this year we get to. We've got uh, people that are on staff at Ozark Christian College, people that are at CIY. Uh, we're hoping to have uh, Carl from uh, Sunday Cool drop in. And for you students that know who Carl is, uh, that'd be pretty cool. Um, and here's the really cool thing. It's only $25 per family. There's gonna be a high school online experience and a middle school online experience and a kids online experience. And it doesn't matter which of those that you participate in. It doesn't matter how many kids you have. In your family, it's only $25 to register. There's a link that's gonna be put right in the chat so that you can click on that to register for it. And then you'll get a link to tell you more information. The high school online experience for Sunset is gonna be June 2nd through 4th. Each morning it will start at 10 o'clock and last about an hour. And then there'll be some extra activities to do in the afternoon, like a Devo or um, some extra challenges. And then later that uh, late afternoon, our youth group will get together for um, an online time together on Zoom. The next week for middle school, uh, there's gonna be the 8th through the 11th, an opportunity for middle schoolers to do something similar. Uh, again, around 10 o'clock online for a joint experience. And then later in the evening or early evening, late afternoon, there'll be an opportunity for um, uh, our youth group to come together. Kids Week is a three-day uh, online experience uh, the following week. And there's going to be some videos to watch and some downloadable resources for your family to go through with your kids. And I know we're going to do it with our kids. And it's just going to be an extra fun thing to do in this time period when everything's changing. And it doesn't mean that we have to resist everything. It doesn't mean that we have to stay online forever. But I know what I want to do. I want to take the opportunity that I have with my family to lead them spiritually, to lead them through different areas of opportunities that they can grow in the knowledge and the love of the Lord. So I wanna challenge you to take that opportunity as well. If you've got questions, you can talk to me or Michelle, our children's director, and um, we'll let you know uh, more information. But if you just take an opportunity to register right below, it doesn't matter if it's your kids or maybe you've got grandkids in another state, 
Um, and the cool thing is if you've got friends that moved away, you can invite them to participate with us in camp this year. So uh, fill out that registration and then hang out with us for the rest of the time for uh, our worship, our communion, our offering, and our time in God's Word. Thanks so much for joining us today. towards all of the ministries that Highlands, Highland Park supports. For instance, our children's ministry, but also our outreach to seniors, our 220 center, missionaries across the world. Um, this time of giving is really important. So uh, at this time, you can give through the website. You can give through the link that's on this Sunday morning worship time. You can still send a check to the Highland Park Street address, um, but giving is important and we're very grateful for that. Um, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for all of the gifts that you've given us during difficult times and easy times. We thank you for the church. We thank you for um, the outreach into our community and for the opportunity to share you with others. Um, thank you for blessing us during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
We're going to enter into a time of communion, and uh, something I just wanted to point out was terms like communion, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, uh, they're all synonymous for the breaking of bread, all for what the, the disciples, what the followers of Jesus did in the early church to commemorate our Lord Jesus Christ. And... Um, my favorite term out of all of those is the Eucharist. And I love that word because it's so strange and foreign <laughs> when I think about it, but it means to give thanks. And I truly believe that that is what the church was doing. They were remembering what God had done in their lives and the lives of his people, and they were giving thanks. They were, they were a Jewish community primarily, right? at first, and so they were already remembering how God had liberated and delivered them out of the hands of the Egyptians, out of the hands of slavery that they were chained in for over 400 years. And then as the early church grew, after Jesus, they had something new to celebrate, something new to remember. And that was that God was at liberating again because that's who he is. He's a liberator. He's a deliverer. 
Only this time he didn't deliver them from the hands of, of any nations or peoples. No, he delivered them from themselves. He delivered them from their own sins, from their own fleshly desires, from their own, their own stuff that just hurt their past, their guilt, their shame, whatever it was, God delivered them because that's who he is. He's a liberator. And so they gave thanks. They gave thanks because that is what God had done in their lives. And so we also give thanks because God has done great and amazing things in our lives. He's liberated me. He's liberated you. He's going to continue to do so because he's a liberator. He is a deliverer. And so during this time, I'm going to play this song. It's not super familiar. Um, you don't have to sing along. In fact, I encourage you to, to gather up your family, or if you're alone, just pray to yourself or pray out loud. Um, and give thanks. Remember what God has done in your life. And say, thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. You are good to me. And if you want to sing along, you can too. I just ask that whether you pray or you sing or a mixture of both, that you remember what God has done, how he has delivered his people from the very beginning and will continue to do so and give thanks. You who said I am with you, there 
Christian Church. It's good to be with you right now. If there's one thing that I would not want you to miss if you read through 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, it's this. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord. And that word Lord means he's, he's in charge of us. It means he's in charge of my life, of my finances, of my relationships, of my my job and my hobbies everything he's in charge and first and second thessalonians drive that home over and over in fact those two short little letters combined use that phrase uh, use the phrase lord jesus christ 
more than any other book in the whole New Testament. Some of those books are a lot bigger. And so it seems like if we're to read First and Second Thessalonians, we just can't miss this one thing. Jesus Christ is Lord. I wanted to say that at the very beginning because I don't want you to miss it as we move forward. And everything we say will fall under that idea that Jesus Christ is our Lord and thus he calls us to live in a certain way and he calls us to God's goodness. So uh, I'm excited that you're here to begin this journey with us where we'll specifically be studying 2 Thessalonians uh, for the next month. We're excited about that. Uh, there's these two little letters, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, and they were written to the, to the church that was in the city called Thessalonica. It was and still is a beautiful city. In fact, look at this picture. Don't you want to visit there uh, in Greece? It was a port city then. It still is now busy with lots of industry and business and money and goods coming and going. So it makes sense that Paul would want to go there, that he would want to go plant a church in this important city that had people coming and going because he knew it was valuable not only in that city but for all the people that would be coming and going. And so uh, if, if you want to read more about the city and the early church, you can look at Acts chapter 17 and also Acts chapter 20. We read that Paul shows up in Thessalonica and he does not get to stay very long because they literally chased him out of town. In fact, they follow him to the next town persecuting him. However, the little time that he had there birthed this little church that would become healthy and, and uh, would be a shining light to other churches. Paul later is able to go back uh, we read about that in Acts, in Acts chapter 20. And then um, somewhere along the way, probably when he was in Corinth, Paul writes uh, these letters to the Thessalonians, and they're really important. And so if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And uh, before we start today's uh, sermon and this particular topic we have today, I just want to ask you one question. Are you socially awkward. I know right now some of you are sitting in a living room and you're laughing because you're pointing at somebody else or they're pointing at you because some of us are socially awkward. I mean, there's a couple people out there who have never experienced a socially awkward moment. They just have it going on, you know, but the rest of us, we've had these moments, maybe in a business setting where you're in a conference room and you feel like you're the one person who doesn't belong because everyone else seems a lot smarter than you, or maybe it's in, in junior high lunchroom, and you're looking around, it seems like everybody's so confident and doesn't have any doubts, but you're trying to figure out where to sit, and you have lots of doubts. Or maybe it's that time that you work up the courage to go speak to that certain someone you've had your eye on, and you finally get to have a conversation, and no words come out. <laughs> or maybe all the wrong words come out. Most of us can identify with being a little socially awkward, and, and I can't fix all of that. Sorry, that's a talk for another day that somebody else will have to give. But we can do something even better. What if, over the next three weeks, we could help each of us learn to know how to talk with others? To kind of have a framework, a, a template, kind of a game plan for when I speak to others, there's these three things that I wanna do. Not all at the same time, not even all at the same day. 
But over time, here's how I want to address people and talk to people. Because the way that we can do this is the same way that God speaks to us. And so I want to just go ahead and give you these three words that we're going to tackle the next three weeks. And we want uh, you to realize that God speaks to you this way. And we want to encourage you to speak to others with these three words in mind. And they are this, commend, comfort, challenge. Commend to encourage, to help, support, to recognize the goodness in someone. We commend others. We comfort others. And we challenge others to keep growing, to do better, to maybe correct in some way. God does those three things with us. So we want to really just lean into those three words the next three weeks because we want to hear how God does this in our lives and how we can do it in the lives of others. So let's begin in our text, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hear those words? We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith and all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. So Paul, right off the bat here, commends. He encourages them. We have a friend in our small group who... Uh, has been in our house a lot during our small group times. And one of my favorite things that happens during small group time is uh, it began, you know, a year or more ago that he noticed my youngest daughter liked to draw art. And he mentioned something and he was really curious about how she would draw and why she would draw. And he commended her. He said, that's really great. You should keep doing that. I'd like to see more of what you do. Well, guess what my daughter did before the next week? She had another art piece and she began showing him. And each week he would look at that and they would kind of talk about art. Sometimes he would doodle a little something during our time together and he would show her. And they built this little bond around art as he commended her and her willingness to try new things and to learn new things and to, to develop that skill. When we commend someone, it encourages them to keep moving forward to love more, to care more, to hang, to hang in there. And so Paul commends the Thessalonian church. And there's two ways that I want to point out how he especially commends them, how he encourages them, how he recognizes the goodness in them. The first thing is uh, we commend by expressing thanks. If you want to commend someone else, just say thank you. You know, after Christmas, we do something with our kids, don't we? In different ways. But we either, after they've opened a gift from an aunt or uncle or cousin or someone, what do we tell them? Go say thank you. We may say, hey, make sure and go give them a hug. Or maybe they got in the mail and say, hey, call, call grandma. I want you to tell her thank you. And maybe we say, hey, the day after Christmas is when we write thank you letters. We want thank you cards going out. Now, some people might consider this to be a chore, but the truth is, it's part of the whole essence of Christmas. Christmas isn't just about getting something free. It's about gratefulness. N.T. Wright says that, that grace that does not produce thankfulness has not succeeded in changing the heart. 
And so as God gives us grace, that allows the opportunity for our heart to be softened. And if we don't give thanks, that means we're not really fully accepting God's grace in the first place. And oh my goodness, we have some opportunities to be gracious with each other right now, don't we? In this crisis, you know, stress is high, difficulties are high, opinions are high, and it's an opportunity for the church to express grace to one another because of our thankfulness for what God has done in our lives. Because of our gratefulness of how others have encouraged us, we want to express grace to others. And expressing little bits of grace might help them see God's big grace in their lives. So commend other people by saying thank you, by appreciating them. This is something we can all do. And I want to encourage you this week to give thanks to God, to give thanks to other people. Say thank you. That's a way of commending them. Another way to commend people is by praising character. And Paul uses the word in some translations here. He says, I boasted about your faith and your perseverance. So Paul, after he leaves Thessalonica, he goes on to several other cities, Berea and Corinth and others. And apparently as he's going, he's saying, hey, I have to tell you about this church in Thessalonica. I mean, they're, they, they ran me out of town. They pulled Jason in front of all these people and wanted to beat him up. And, and the city officials got involved. But Paul does this amazing thing. He says, but you want to believe what happened? They still love the Lord. In fact, their faith is even growing and their love for one another is growing. And so Paul is boasting about them, not in a way to brag, but in a way to say, see what God's done in their lives? See, we commend the character in others. Our culture, you know, lots of times commends lots of things. But I don't really want to critique our culture. We could do that all day long. Let's just talk to the church for a moment. I'm afraid we're prone to do the same thing. We commend, we're quick to commend someone for their great athletics or academics or musical ability or their good looks. Why is it so much more difficult to commend someone for their character? Instead of praising the A, instead to commend them for their diligent work and the character that that's building. Instead of praising them for scoring the winning point, to commend them for the way they shook hands with the other team and honored one another. We, we need to learn to commend character because that, that says this is what we value. And we want to encourage you to commend someone's character this week. Find something good in them and tell them about it. Say, I appreciate this in you. And I, I don't want this just to be a to-do sermon. Because while Paul was writing this to the church, Paul was inspired by God, the Holy Spirit, to write these words. So these are God's words to the church. And God is saying, I'm proud of you. I love you. And not only in God's great wisdom and in the mystery of how, this script, how the scriptures work, it wasn't just to the church then. It's to the church now. And God wants you to hear and he wants us to hear, I love you. 
Thank you for when you are faithful and when you persevere. And thank you for when I see the kindness and love. Thank you for how you care for one another. Thank you for your honesty and integrity. Thank you. I want you to hear God saying these things to you. Now, sermon number three in this series, God challenges us sometimes too. So we don't believe in a God who only just says, hey, I'm going to overlook all of the negative stuff and only look at the good stuff. God's going to address the negative too. He's going to challenge us. But he begins with commending us and saying, I love you and I care for you and I'm drawing you to me. And we want to invite you to two different things, uh, two real specific things. Number one, if you've never believed that God loves you, that he cares for you, he, he, he likes you. If you never believed those words, we invite you to believe them today. We would love to, to visit with you and pray with you and talk with you about what does it mean to believe in God, to follow Jesus, to be baptized in him so your whole life is just flooded in God's love and grace and that you can be changed just like the people in Thessalonica were changed. We want to invite you to that. There's a button going to pop up if you're watching live with us. You can click that button about wanting to follow Jesus and we have some people standing by that will visit with you. If you're watching this later, you can request prayer uh, from our website and somebody will be visiting with you as well. We would love to help you because God loves you and he wants to draw you to him. The second thing we invite you to is to commit to the three C's. We want to we want to ask you to commit to hearing God commend and comfort and challenge you. And we also want to ask you to commit to finding ways that you can commend and comfort and challenge others. And so in this week one, I just want to encourage you find ways this week to commend others, to encourage them, to to be thankful and to praise their character to build them up. Would you be part of that with us, of commending others? I, I'm sure that you can look back on times in your life where one person said one positive thing to you and it kept you afloat for years. You go back to those good things and I know that there's negative things that can drown us for years. So think of the power of your words, your life, to commend others and to realize that it's not just in your own energy and your own thoughts that you want to commend others, but you want to commend others because God has been gracious in your life and he desires to express his graciousness, graciousness in their lives too, oftentimes through you. Would you commend others? This morning, I want to pray that you would accept these invitations. So wherever you are, would you just... Pray with me. God, we are thankful that you have commended us even though we have never deserved it. God, we pray that with open arms we could receive your grace. We pray for anyone who has not done that, that now would be their moment. And God, we pray that you would help us grow in this discipline of commending others of encouraging and supporting and caring for others. I pray that we could do that this week in the lives of those around us. 
Pray for quiet times that you would put people in our hearts and minds so we can commend and encourage them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, HP families. Um, we wanted to make an announcement about VBS this summer. Our VBS planning team has been thinking and praying and talking to families for a while now, and we have decided to postpone our virtual VBS and use the Rocky Railway that we purchased next summer in 2021. Instead, this summer, we would like to invite you and your families to participate in four different family fun nights. We are really, really excited about these. Each one is going to be themed. There'll be a teaching video and activities that you can do at home at any point with your families and your kids. And so I wanted to announce our very first one. It's going to be June 24th. That's when all of the content will be released. And I have my hat, my trusty hat, and we're gonna we're gonna see which one's first. Okay, drum roll, please. It is backwards night. So be looking on Facebook and email for all of the different content that's gonna be available. It's gonna be super fun. We're gonna wear our clothes backwards and eat breakfast for dinner and it's all gonna be really fun. Can't wait to see what you guys come up with. Thanks, see ya. We're so glad that you could be with us today and we hope that you will stay tuned because here in just a couple moments, we're gonna have a very special kids video and kids, families, and adults, everyone is welcome to hear this a special story that is so important and you're not going to want to miss it. So we'll take a quick pause in just a few moments and then in a couple of moments after a quick break, if you need to run to the restroom or, or get a drink, you can be right back and watch this with us. We also hope that you'll share these videos with others. Uh, that's really important. Hey, I wanted to say thank you to those who took the time to fill out the survey last week. We just considered that survey an exercise in being quick to listen. That's what James tells us to do is to be quick to listen. And we appreciated being able to listen to you. Thank you for, for sharing with us. And we have a task force right now that's working to listen well and to be very wise and thoughtful in what our next steps will be. And I'm just really thankful for them. David Maddox and Marilyn Sullivan and Connor Carlton are providing leadership for that and it includes quite a few other people as well. And be praying for them as they think about what are the next steps for Highland Park and when we can be together and thinking about how many volunteers we will need and how many volunteers are available and all of those kind of things. But we appreciate that and we appreciate being able to, to listen to you. Speaking of listening to you, there's one other a little form that you could fill out for us if you are so inclined. But we just had two questions for you. One is, would you be interested in a Bible study on marriage? This would be for married couples or could be for singles who just want to learn about what the Bible says about marriage. It's going to be an eight-week study if you, we have enough people interested. Dave Dunson is going to provide some leadership. Randy Garris does the teaching. It's video-driven, uh, but we want to connect people. It would start somewhere in mid to late June. So a survey is going to pop up here that you can click and you can uh, let us know. Also, 
every August we have a series called Tough Questions, and we just try to answer your tough questions with biblical answers. This is not a thing called Stump the Preacher because that game is way too easy. We, we would like things that are like real life questions, things that matter about faith and, and how do I deal with this? And also, what are the questions my maybe not yet believing friends are asking? We want to answer some of those kind of questions as best we can. So if there's been a question on your mind in that same form, you can let us know. We're putting that together. And as always, we love to hear from you. So thank you so much again for being here today. And I want to just close us with a benediction uh, by reading this scripture from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Good morning, kids. It's Miss Michelle and Elijah. I want to tell you a story today, our Bible story. So first, I want you to think about something you really, really want for your next birthday. Like, I, for my next birthday, would love a massage and to get my nails done. What do you, what do you think? What do you want for your next birthday? Do you guys think it's okay to ask God for that gift? Today, we're going to learn that God hears our prayers. I want to make sure you know that doesn't mean we can treat God like a vending machine. Prayer isn't just about making a wish list and expecting God to give us everything we want, but it's okay to talk to God about what we want. So let's look at today's true Bible story to think more about what prayer really means. We're going to learn from the Bible about a woman named Hannah and how she prayed. Hannah really wanted a son, but she didn't have one. In Bible times, men sometimes had more than one wife. Hannah's husband was also married to a woman named Peniah, who did have children. Here's how Peniah treated Hannah. 1 Samuel 1.6 says, Paniah teased Hannah to make her angry. She did it because the Lord had kept Hannah from having children. It hurts when people make fun of us, but this was especially hurtful to Hannah because it hit a sore spot. Hannah really wanted a baby. Yeah, like you, Elijah. She wanted a baby like you. Hannah's desire for a baby was different from the things we said we'd want for our birthdays, right? This was a really deep desire of her heart, so she prayed to God for a baby. 1 Samuel 1, 10-11 says, Hannah was very sad. She wept and wept. She prayed to the Lord. She made a promise to him. She said, Lord, you rule over all. Please see how I am suffering. Show concern for me. Don't forget about me. Please give me a son. If you do, I'll give him back to the Lord. Then he will serve the Lord all of the days of his life. He'll never use a razor on his head and he'll never cut his hair. This is different from wanting a video game or a new phone. 
Anna was really hurting because she wanted a baby so badly. Think about it this way. What would you ask God to change about your family, your friendships, or even yourself? What really makes your heart hurt? Well, God hears our prayers. He sees our heart's desires. Yeah, he sees our heart's desires. And when he hears them, and we can ask for his help. And he heard Hannah's prayer. This is what happened. 1 Samuel 1.20 says, So after some time, Hannah became pregnant. She had a baby boy. She said, I asked the Lord for him. So she named him Samuel. Although this verse doesn't use the word thanks, <laughs> Hannah named her baby based on the fact that he was an answer to prayer. She showed a thankful attitude. God hears our prayers, including our prayers of thanks. We've talked about asking God for things, but we can give to God too. That's what Hannah did next. She remembered her promise to God. And she was thankful that God heard her prayer. She took Samuel to the tabernacle to give him to God. 1 Samuel 1, 27-28 says, I prayed for this child. The Lord has given me what I asked him for. So now I'm giving him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he'll be given to the Lord. And there Eli worshipped the Lord. Think about a gift that you could give God. A good gift is something that is a little hard to give up. Maybe it's giving some of your time or helping your brother or sister even when you don't feel like it. <laughs> God hears our prayers and we can respond to him by giving back to him. Hannah can teach us about one more kind of prayer. In 1 Samuel 1.28, I'll read it again. It says, So now I'm giving him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he'll be given to the Lord. And there, Eli worshipped. Worship, or praise, often means telling God things we love about him. For example, um, we can say things like, I love you, God, because you're kind. I love you, God, because you're merciful. So right now, it's your turn. Turn to a family member and finish this sentence. I love you, God, because you're. I'll give you just a second to do that, okay? God hears our prayers. He loves to hear our praise and worship, right? Yeah. Thanks for joining us for HP Kids Online. Love you guys.